1: Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on
0: Netflix. This summer, paradise is wherever you are with the new Pineapple Passion Fruit Starbucks Refreshers Beverage. With tropical pineapple and passion fruit flavors, It's bright and refreshing, like sunshine in a cup. You're happiest here at Starbucks. Order ahead on the app.
1: It's the
2: bluest room in town. Yeah, they're actually funny. instant match reaction for Burnley 1 Everton 1 at Turf uh, Moor Everton fail to get the season up and running again ahead of what is a horrible horrible rest of December uh, joining me on YouTube we should be able to see uh, Lyndon Lloyd from Toffee Web and our very own Dave Downey yeah, I'll come to you first of all Lyndon I feel sorry for you having to get up in the middle of the night to watch that mate uh, must have been must have been tempting to go back to bed certainly a point
0: in that first half yeah it wasn't it wasn't great it was. A, it's just. Um, it's just so frustrating, you know. The quality's there, but it just it felt like the desire was was missing from that. You know, you just need someone to just pick it up and drive it forward, and and, and just yeah, they just didn't seem like they wanted it enough for me.
2: Uh, Dave, I don't know where you are, mate. It looks very dark there as well. Uh, maybe, maybe mood light to mm-hmm. reflect you what you think after that performance. But uh, what were your thoughts on that overall, mate?
1: Yeah, it was pretty grim, wasn't it? But there was no, um, I agree with Lyndon, there was no real urgency, I felt, in the side to try and go and get that winner. Um, I think, (laughs) you know, all things considered, they were quite fortunate to get the point, to be honest with you, because Jordan Pickford makes a great save. When 1 0's down. I'm pretty sure that would have been curtains had Chris stuck that away. And at 1
2: 1 as well, to be fair, Dave, late in the game.
1: and at one one two, yeah, a little bit, little bit more of a comfortable save. I think that one, the the one on one's a fantastic save. He spreads himself so well, and um, deserves quite a bit of credit for that. I think, and the performance in general, I thought he was quite good today. Um, aside from that, though, I mean, I think the first half display was all of your, you know, all all of your worst fears come to life. I thought it was very toothless. I thought it was very passive. It's just so sluggish. No penetration in the sides, um, and that that feels like it's it, it, it's it's the average Everton performance to me from a lot of players. I think we do have different difference makers in there, which are you know refer to the midfield area. But when that's not on song, and let's face it, Alan and Decore I think really toiled in the early parts of this game. I thought they gave the ball away a tremendous amount of times. Um, then Everton are basically hanging on. In games, if that doesn't work, if we're not getting hammers on the ball, if we're not getting the ball to Richarlison, who had a bit of an indifferent day, got a really good assist, but at the same time, I felt he lost the ball quite a bit too. Um, And DCL was left to feed on scraps in the main. Uh, And the one scrap that fell to him, it was such a typical Calvert-Lewin goal these days, wasn't it? That alertness to dart to the, the front post, to try and get himself in between the posts before the Burnley defenders... Um, and, and sticks it away nicely. Very nearly scored a similar one earlier on, didn't he, when he gets his toe to it from seemingly out of nowhere. Um, and that's what it feels like to me. It feels a bit of sixes and sevens, you could see towards the game. I think some players, you looked at them and thought, there's an agency there. Some of them want to, want, want to go on and win this. Whilst others, you could see it when it go out for the throw-in, they were sort of quite lethargic and getting the ball back in play. Um, as were Burnley, who we were obviously really happy to take a point from that game. So, Infuriating, I think, is the one word I'd use to sum it up, Matt. Um, but we we've been here before far too many times. Um and, and it's another great opportunity to miss. Could have got into the top four with a victory with everybody else left to play and, and fret over their own games. And like you said at the start of the show there, a really daunting run of fixtures. Um and what's a what's a massive concern is we still haven't kept a clean sheet since the opening day.
2: Yeah, that is worrying, and you know I think there were some hopes. still in that we keep a clean sheet against the Burnley side that it scored four goals in the nine games before today, and within within two minutes, uh, that was that was a hope that was sort of dashed because Everton was sluggish off the blocks. And I think, like Dave said, I think it was just it was very much the that set the tone, didn't it, for, for the midfielders for much of the game. You know, both of them sort of not on the same wavelength, a for sloppy pass, and then. The defenders not getting out to, to close the shot. It was very similar to what we saw last week. But that was just, it was, it was so sluggish, wasn't it? For But a side you imagine would have been drilled all week on, keeping a clean sheet is dead important to your lads against a, you know, a ropey Burnley attack. T- to see that, you know, play out in the first few minutes was just, like Dave said, it was infuriating, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I could almost forgive it because, you know, the, the side's kind of settling you two minutes in and it's the kind of um, quick it's a quick pass-off that it can actually, you know, with a better ball can actually spring an attack and maybe we score from that. Um, but it's, yeah, Alan didn't start well. And then he, he and De Kure, they they both play in fits and starts. Never, they never seem to be able to put together a consistent 90 minutes. And the thing that, the thing that concerns me about Alan, and I noticed it against uh, in the United game, is that um, he's, he's, he very seldom shows for the out ball. And so everything gets channeled down the flanks when you know, the better teams you're going to have both your central midfielders are coming backwards towards the ball and showing ch- for it and giving you p- passing options. And you, and you see Michael Keane saying, come on, come on, someone show for the ball and there's nothing there. Um, and the worrying thing for me is it comes down to it comes down to the coaching at the end of the day. Is it at some point, almost a year into the job, Ancelotti's got to get this team passing the ball finding feet on a consistent basis and it's just not happening um and the same thing happens when Gomez comes on he has a couple of moments of just brilliance and then he just passes it into touch Um, and it's just yeah it's it's just a lack of consistency there um, across the 90 minutes and there's a and maybe this maybe this also stems from the manager as well there's just a passivity about it about it all it just and again it comes back to what it just seems to be this lack of lack of desire you know to just this is burnley for christ's sake you know and and, it, and it's mm-hmm. a yeah. most of us were thinking of it as a must-win game given what fixtures are coming up and also the last ones you just had you needed a statement you needed a statement performance to say look we've put this behind us um we're settling into this formation which I don't know. I think we looked much better once Delf had gone off, yeah. um, and we're back in a more sort of you know flat back four formation. That seemed to work a lot better. Um, I understand that, that, that Angelelli is trying to keep the the defence um, stable, um, but once you've conceded that first goal and the clean sheet's gone out the window, then you need to take a different approach almost immediately, and he just didn't until he was forced by the the Delf injury. Um, so yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it'll take the um, the next games where less is expected of them for them to finally come out of their shell a bit. But this, today it was just disappointing. Disappointing yeah. across the board.
2: Yeah, ball retention. Sort of. You spoke a lot about it, not it, Dave? And it was just oh, to yeah, to see them so careless with it so early on in the game was maddening.
1: Well, there's there's, there's two trails of thought with them. I mean, do you can you where, whereabouts do you find yourself in in this sort of World of extremes that we seem to operate in. Are you somebody who is a fan for or, or, of a player who will attempt a forward pass that might not get it right, or the percentages are, are quite low on that ball coming off? Or are you somebody who would like your midfielders or your your players across the back line to have a ninety-five percent possession game? You know, made you know sixty passes out of sixty-two passes or whatever that looks fantastic on paper, but all they've done is knock it back to the goalkeeper. Um, the the thing is Everton seems to be one or the other and there seems to be a psychological demand of that in their heads when they're on the pitch um, for instance I felt second half Alex Aroby got the ball so often and aside from the crosses that he wasted and I thought he had a decent game in, in general I thought he was okay in the first half but when he gets that ball he was absolutely knackered I, I, I think he would have come off had, had we had the option to do so um, with the substitutions but He'd go back immediately without even looking down the line. Calvert-Lewin found himself in the second half running channels. Um, and there was only once, I think, that we found him down the side of the channel. It was a I think it was Hammers actually who put the ball into him, which was behind Burnley's defence, into the corner. But then, of course, you've got nobody in the middle um, when he's doing that. They're the alarm bells for me. They're those trigger movements I see in games where I think, yeah, Everton are really struggling here to get something together and to, as an attacking force if our main striker, who's been lethal between the posts, is pulling out wide. And, and that's what we started to do. Um, I feel as if when, when the midfield was getting it, nobody... And, and it, look, it's, it takes two to tango here, like Lyndon Sever with, with Alan not offering himself. Other players do that as well. I think Hames, for as outstanding as he's been, he should have had the, the assist for a winner today as well. In that ridiculous ball he plays for for Gilfie Sigurdsson. But even he, sometimes I find, is static when it comes to midfielders having an option to play the ball in. We don't seem to play into feet too much. I think it's one skill of the when we do that. He wins a lot of fouls for us when he's got somebody up his backside and it's fed into feet. He had an off day in in terms of that. And there was no real guile, I thought, from, from anybody on the pitch. Uh, with the sides from that Hammers moment of, of excellence uh, which should have resulted in us getting the three points which makes it even more infuriating really but um, ball retention is one thing doing it with a purpose is another and you only have to hark back a few years to Roberto Martinez and we'd pass it for the sake of it you know he, he, you could imagine him coming away from the game and most Everton players have got an 80% passing rate He, he that would be something that he really valued amongst other things we're not that team. I don't think we have the technical ability in the side to be that team. But when when we, it's it, it just so, it, it, it's so maddening when you see that ball get fed into midfield. We had a moment in the second half where we really had a spell of sustained pressure on the edge of Burnley's box. And it culminated with it going all the way back to Yeri mean And he'd recycle it and give it to Pickford. Now, when I've spoken in the past about, recycling the ball I mean it in a positive way I don't mean it as literally just keeping the ball I mean it as in look if there's no option for me to go centrally let's go wide let's have players move let's have somebody trying to go into the very tight lines that Burnley play there was very very little of that um, and, and in terms of positives from it all Matt getting back into it and, and not losing the game at one point it looked like a perilous situation to me given how poor we looked in the first half you know, you would normally take a point in those circumstances, but as Lyndon underlined, this is Burnley. This is a team that's in the in the bottom three. They've won one game all season. Everton should be going for the jugular a hell of a lot more than they did.
2: Yeah, and I think in, in the first half, I think one of the, the things that ultimately turned out to be a blessing in disguise, because I think you're right, it could have got away from us this game. We'd we maintain that system with was stealth going off. Um, I, I'll, I'll come to you first on this, Dave, and then Lyndon. Feel free to follow on me. But I was just... I was really angry by that, because the, the situation on Friday where Carlo's asked in his press conference about Nkunku, he talks him up and says, you will get game time tomorrow. He's not even on the bench. And not only that, and not only does he could, could he give an option later in the game, maybe be trying to be a bit more attacking, provide a bit of balance there. The lad who's playing left wing back has got a proven injury record. He's looked like a walking red card at times in his Everton career as well. And as you said with Wobi, you look knackered at the end because that, that's not a position that he's played very often. That is a demanded position to play, playing wing-back. So even if Fabian Delph had stayed on the pitch for 60, 70 minutes, there's a good chance he would have needed to be replaced at the end anyway. I just couldn't believe he didn't even have him on the bench. And then all of a sudden you've got the situation and, you know, for some eventually it worked, but the better for us. We got that midfield free on the pitch and we looked a little bit better in that area. But to not have him on the bench... It, it, it just, it just—I know people say this is hindsight, et cetera, et cetera but it just absolutely baffled me that, that situation transpired today.
1: Well, it might well have been that that enforced change is what brought about us getting a point there, Matt, um, because obviously he was in, he was forced to change the shape. Um, God knows what would have happened. And I agree with you. I mean, Delph—it was actually, ironically, and some might say ominously—when <coughs> he tried to change pace and sprint past somebody, that was when his hamstring actually gave way. Um, you know, there's there's jokes are plenty to be made there. To think with his injury record while he's been with the Blues, um, and and then yet yeah, like you like say it, it to to go into a game thinking that he's going to get through ninety minutes with somebody like a Dwight McNeil venturing out there, who just doesn't give up the ghost. That I actually like him as a player. I think he's quite good. Um, somebody who will harry a side that will chase down lost causes. Jay Rodriguez, Chris Wood. They'll they'll pile the pressure onto you when you get the ball in those areas. So why why you would be so short-sighted as to think well, Delph will last the the full ninety here. And of course, even if you don't make that presumption and think that Delph can give you a good hour, why have you not got an adequate left foot of cover on the bench to come on and and see this game out? I'm saying that
2: more you play, it's...
1: <laughs> uh, yeah yeah. I mean, it's um, let's hope we're not going down that route of managers saying one thing and, and doing another and looking like they've uh, contradicted themselves all the time because we've, we've been down that well-trodden path far too many times haven't we but the one thing I will say on a positive note Ben Godfrey was outstanding in that position mm. Um, I, I feel as if he <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to have sympathy with him already because he seems to be the man who's slotting in everywhere when we when we've got problems in certain positions and this one, he, he rose to the challenge. I thought he was exceptional. Probably, I think Martin Keown gave him the man of the match on the commentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would I would agree with that. One of the very few things I'd agree with Keown over. Um, but he was he was so good defensively. What you're lacking is somebody who gets forward with a left foot, who can dovetail with Richarlison and, and create chances. He did start to do that towards the end, but it, it wasn't ever a natural thing, was it? I mean, he's in there to stop anything they throw down their right-hand side. Did it adequately. But the Premier League, we need we need something else from one of our usual main attacking outlets at left-back.
2: Linda, what about you, mate? Did that situation frustrate you as well?
0: Yeah, it, it drives me crazy, actually. And you say it's hindsight. I don't think it is because we've been having this conversation in fans for about two, three weeks now about Nkunku. I mean, he should at least be on the bench. Um, and for me today against Burnley, against the Burnley team, he needs to start. Um, Delph, I don't, I don't think Delph crossed the halfway line, you know, in the time that he was on. He offers absolutely no width whatsoever. Um, and for me, I, I, I almost wrote a piece on this for Toffee Web this week. Um, at the moment, the game, the way the, way the game is, that pace is such a key element of the way teams are um, you know, breaking breaking other teams down right now. And that's the one thing that Nkuku offers you is pace, unpredictability, power. Um, I, and I, people say that, you know, Ancelotti sees the players every day in training. Well, that's fine. But we've seen the evidence actually on the pitch against all kinds of opposition. You know, he's, he's played against West Ham and performed really, really well. And obviously he's taken Salford and Fleetwood apart. Um, and it's just to not even have that option on the bench um, and to go with the formation that he did against, again, against Burnley, it just it feels like an admission of we're not good enough from the get-go. Um, and then, you know having having been forced into making the change and suddenly we look better and we get to half time we've got the goal. The second half it's, it's the second half's there for the for the taking for for a good team would just take that um, take that situation and make it you know make take the game and, and make it theirs um and um so yeah the selection this selection issue is is concerning um the inconsistency of the selections i mean holgate's in one one week as captain and then out the next um obviously the decision is justified today because i think mina needed to play against someone like chris wood and Godfrey yeah. is, um, Godfrey is clearly in, in, in the opposite case in Kunku. Godfrey is obviously someone that Ancelotti trusts and wants to just give him his head and just allow him to um, grow into the role and play week in, week out, which is great because, again, he's vindicated the decision that I thought all three defenders were really, really good today, central <laughs> defender. Um, but, yeah, when it comes to players like Gordon and and kunku these are players who can, not necessarily give you a consistent 90 minutes, but they can offer something unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought that in the second half, we just ran out of I ran out of ideas. We get to the edge of the box. And apart from the couple of the moments where, again, like um, Rodriguez's uh, assist, almost assist for Sigurdsson, which I don't think we did enough of. Um, I feel like Rodriguez just plays on, on the fringes for too long. Um, pops up every now and then and creates something brilliant. Um when you just you, you want you want more of that. You want things to go central a bit more, channel it in, in, in front of the box a bit more and make things happen rather than just con- continually forcing out why. So yeah, this this is lots of things going around my head right
2: now. <laughs> yeah, well, just a couple more things you want to speak about before we, we wrap up. Um, just we had a, a comment there on, on YouTube, actually, uh, from Thomas Linsky saying, Delft's biggest contribution in an Everton share today. There was a couple of extra injury time minutes for the goal. Everton scored to equalise. Um, and before that, David, as you mentioned, Pickford makes it a great save. That you know, I think at that point, if Everton go 2-0 down, that, that's game over. But um, we the ball breaks down in midfield and and we actually play some, you know, progressive direct football for, for the change it's Alan into Richarlison and he puts it on a play for, for Calvert-Lewin and you know it's just it's sort of we just take it for granted now that he's on the score sheets every week don't we and listen I know there's a lot of talk about I've seen it in my notifications here and you know various other um, things on Twitter about Richarlison not hanging around next season if, if Everton don't get into European football I'll, I'll tell you what I'd be more worried about losing this lad at the moment because without him this season you know, he's whatever to be because he has
1: been unbelievable, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, the thought we'd be <clears throat> making comparisons with him and and Romelu Lukaku in, in terms of the importance these lads are up front for our side. I mean, we we did not go into a game without Romelu Lukaku when he was with the club, and and it's the same with Dominic Carver, we're in right now because you wonder who scores any goals in this side if he's not in it. He's that important to us. Um, I'd probably go as far as saying now he's played himself into probably being our most valuable asset right now. Yeah. I think obviously there's there's an added premium as well if he ends if he was to end up leaving at some point, which obviously we hope he doesn't, on um his premium of, of being in England uh, international as well. Um and he just seems to rise to the challenge again and again and again. I mean the the only thing and you can't blame him for this whatsoever that I didn't like to see was him p- peeling out of the box, but he's simply doing that to try and get the the, the team on the front foot and trying to create something um, <clears throat> from that point of view. you know If he's going to do that, I'd prefer we knew somebody who would go in the box uh, when he comes outside of it because, yes, he can still affect play. It's something he's used to from his early days with us. Um, but, yeah, I, ju- I just want him in the, in the 18-yard box and the 6-yard box, Matt, because he, his movement, his energy... Everything he does in the air, it's infectious and it's it's an incredible weapon that we have right there. Um, and I actually feel sorry for him because had the right service come in for the, you know, the up cross that Alex O'Reilly will be fired into the uh, seats behind the goal, then he, he could well have won us the game. Had he been on the end of James Rodriguez's uh, ridiculous pass, I'm pretty sure Everton come away with a 2-1 victory as well. So he's very much Everton's talisman now. Um and you're absolutely right. I think. Look, I think there'd be some loyalty from Dom. I know we're thinking well outside the box here, and much, much, much further down the line. But I think your general point is him being invaluable and uh, to our side, and, and somebody we couldn't afford to lose uh, at any cost, really, because he's become that important to us, and um, I, we can't praise him enough for what he's done in a blue shirt um, since well, since the start of this season and also the patch he had last season. He looks, I think you put it on Twitter, such a well-rounded marksman now in front of goal. He looks like he has everything that you need to be a top-level striker. And he's backing it up with goals. That's 16 goals in 18 games for club and country this season so far. Absolutely incredible.
2: Yeah, and I think that, that sort of slide and finish at the back post, Linden's becoming a bit trademark for him, isn't it? He yeah. used to score more goals horizontal than he does upright.
0: Yeah, yeah, he does. I, I think it's, I think it's great because, um, I mean, I had my doubts that he was going to, to, to be the striker that we needed him to be. I think I've said it before that, um, under Silva, we just weren't playing to his strength at all. Um, and you know, the fact that that, that Duncan Ferguson and then Ancelotti have seen the the wisdom in in giving him that support with having Richarlison playing either alongside him or supporting him more. Um, has, has really just allowed him to flourish. Um, I, I think it's fantastic. I, I would love him to add um, more of that kind of Harry Kane-esque ability to score goals from anywhere outside the box. Um, and hopefully that will come. You know, that's the thing. He's still young, still learning his trade, and, and um, you know, more of that uh, confidence will come. But, uh, yeah, he's um, – to, 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 to be able to rely on someone to score almost every game is really really important we just need to put the rest of it around him and create more simply just creating more chances we just just didn't create enough chances today um on another day we probably could have won it i mean nick pope makes a couple of great saves another day pickford saved us as well so it's just um i don't think we can argue with the fact we didn't win Mm. um but it just again i just you just need more you just need more from from them collectively um and for them to be more of uh for the sum of the parts to be more than 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 they are right now, just seems to be a, a collection of individuals that still still hasn't quite gelled.
2: Yeah, and the frustrating thing is, you know, you mentioned both teams had chances throughout the game. Uh, the biggest one in the second half falls to to Gilvie Sigurdsson. I just I just couldn't believe it. I just I shrieked at me tally when I seen when I seen him hit that at Nick Pope. And like like you said, Lyndon, it was a great save, but. You know, it was a carbon copy of the, the last game in fact that a lot of people were at Gullison Park for that Manchester United one where you know if, if you know it, it gets lifted then it's um, it, it's, a, it's a goal for him and, and Everton take the three points later on but just I was thinking about that and I was thinking if you could put Guilfie Sigurdsson in an ideal position to get the best out of him on the pitch it will be picking the ball up running into the box with the goal to shoot at and that is what he's in the team for to be in those positions and to have chances there so for him To not make the most of that pass, and for him to not just snatch the game for us here, and you know, leave us free and loads all. the Evertonians a lot happier going into next week. It's yeah,
0: which
2: it makes you feel even, you know, it makes you feel that little bit worse, doesn't it, as well?
0: Yeah, it was a, it was it was a good chance. I mean, it was also a good save. Um, yeah, another day, another couple of inches either way, and it, and it's and it's a goal as you say. Um, but yeah, it's it's finding, it's it's you have so many players who who don't seem to fit all situations. Like Gilf Sigerson, as you say, is great in that sort of situation. But then for, for the other, if he's on the pitch for 90 minutes, a lot of the time he just doesn't, you just think, well, where does he fit in? Um, and I think that's Ancelotti's challenge is trying to find, uh, again, some consistency out of, out of his players and, and a consistent uh, formation that brings out the best of what he has until he can augment it in with, you know, in, in either the next window or next summer. Mm-hmm.
2: Dave, what were you, What were your reaction to that chance, mate?
0: When
1: when I, when I saw the replay, I mean, it makes it even harder to take. You shouldn't do it to yourself, should you? Because it's like you know, sticking pins in your eyes. But <laughs> um, when he takes such a, a really good touch when he gets it, to be that's fair, the Sweet
2: thing, isn't it? He, he sets himself up for it brilliantly. And
1: the, the, the I think the problem he's got is like there's almost too many places where he can put this. because so I am looking at near post because um, Pope obviously spreads himself really well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's such a difficult one to, 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 to digest, isn't it? When you look at that chance over and over again, you think there's the difference. There is the difference. There's the difference in why we brought somebody in like Hamas Rodriguez who can do that in a moment when he's had a pretty lacklustre game. That bit of magic, that is exactly what he's on the pitch for. You'd only wish he was passing it to himself because I'm pretty sure that gets, that, that gets dinked over. Nick Pope said and Everton come away with three points and we're all absolutely delighted at being in the top four um, such is life it falls to the player who's arguably the most castigated and criticised in the football club right now I know there are many contenders for that uh, and there'll be a few more after today for some of them but um, yeah guilt heads chances 90th minute it's a difference in this league isn't it That you, you put that away you come away with an undeserved three points and um, and, uh, yeah, it's just a horrible one to watch. It's the type of one that makes you turn off. Watch match of the day, even if Everton have scored a few goals and you want to see Dom's goal, you want to see how they played. When you know there's a chance like that that Everton have missed to win it, it's the type of thing that makes you turn it off and watch something else.
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I certainly will be tuning in tonight. I think that's enough for, for me today in that regard. But, uh, yeah, thanks very much to Dave and to Lyndon. Cheers for watching us on YouTube as well and for listening to us on your usual podcast platforms. So do get over to Web as well, where I'm sure Lyndon will have a, an excellent match report up as ever. Is Has that, is that gone up, Lyndon? Or is it, is it, have, we, have we held up your progress there in that regard by getting you on here?
0: Yeah, no, I uh, I, I, I normally take a few hours to digest it and, and get my thoughts together before I post the full report anyway. So, yeah, it, it'll be coming.
2: Get back to bed for a few hours and try and forget about that football match. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> um, what I'm going to do. Uh, yeah, but uh, cheers to everyone uh, for listening for watching of course we'll be back next week building up to that game against Chelsea and the return of supporters to Gunnarsson Park I'm sure that game whet the appetite for today for everyone to get back to Gunnarsson in that sense uh, Dave's eyes have just gone very wide not the podcast uh, but yeah we'll be back again in the week thanks very much for listening
0: When you bundle your renters and auto insurance with Progressive, you could save money. But it doesn't cover any terrible memories living rent-free in your head.
2: You remember that time you were singing in the shower? And then you heard a knock on the wall? And then you realized that your bathroom shared a wall with your neighbor's bedroom? And all you could do was stand there silently, thinking about all the other things they may have heard in the four years you've lived there? (sighs) Ah, yeah. Good times.
0: Sorry, we can't save you from that memory. But we could save you money bundling your renters and auto insurance with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Renters insurance and bundled discount not available in all states or situations. Sports Social Podcast Network.
2: Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy. Interested in giving back to your
1: community while making new connections in your neighborhood?